Welcome to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Said Business School, University of Oxford, and Kantar, the marketing insights and consulting company. This episode is part of a series recorded remotely in March 2020 to look at the impact of COVID-19 on brands, businesses, and consumers. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Felipe Tomas, Professor of Marketing at Said Business School. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be looking at a cross-industry view of the impact of COVID-19 on brand. I have the pleasure of being joined by Walker Smith, Chief Knowledge Officer for Brand and Marketing. You've known him and seen him from being involved with the production of Thought Leadership within Kantar, but also joined by Oceana Zhang, Planner of Digital Strategy, working on new business models and COVID-19 responses in China. So welcome, Walker, and welcome, Oceana. The current situation, right, it's a feeling that this is unparalleled and unlike anything that we've seen before. And certainly the scale of it is something that we can't ignore. But brands have been disrupted in the past. Business has been interrupted. And Kentar has done a significant amount of work on those situations in the past. So what can we learn from that previous work that can help us today? I do think a lot of the real insights we have into this right now are coming out of China and from a lot of the work that Oceana and her team is doing there. I do think it's important, as you say, to remember that we've been through disruptions like this before. Uh, And every time we go through one of these disruptions, we feel like it is something that the world has never experienced before. But as I keep reminding people in the middle of all of this, This is the third major disruption of the marketplace that we have gone through in just the last two decades. I mean, since the beginning of the 21st century, we've had 9-11 and a series of terrorist attacks around the world. We've been through the financial crisis, which really was a problem for a number of years as we went through a very slow economic recovery. And now we have the disruption because of the coronavirus. And I mention all of that not to diminish the gravity of the situation that we're facing right now, but simply to say we've been through disruptions before and we know how disruptions work. So all we really need to do to try and get a little bit of a handle on our businesses is learn those lessons and apply those lessons going forward. And that, I think, will give us a more stable way, a more confident way of thinking about 
how we need to address the situation at hand. It is different than what we've experienced in past disruptions, but at the same time, the real character of what we're facing is not, you know, a pandemic. It's a disruption. From a business standpoint, it's a disruption. And we have been through disruptions before. And Kantar is doing a lot of work around this. I should take the opportunity just to try and mention a lot of the things we're doing. We've published a seven-step guide to managing your way through this disruption. Uh, it's been a popular uh, piece of content that a lot of people have downloaded and looked at. I, I certainly recommend that to all of our listeners. But we're doing a lot of ongoing tracking. World Panel is doing daily tracking of behavioral changes. The Kantar Insights has launched a 45-country study and growing called C19 Barometer, which is looking at attitudes on a regular basis. There's a G7 public opinion poll released by the public group within Kantar. We've done a lot of scenarios looking at potential outcomes in the marketplace, and those have been published and provided to clients as a framework for planning. Our retail group is doing a weekly webinar. Our media group is doing a daily update on news headlines. So if you want to keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on, uh, we're doing a lot of work. And as I said, I think some of the more important work that we have done, and certainly the only place where we now have the experience of having gone through this and come out of this, is China. And a lot of those insights, I think, provide really good guidance for our clients about what they should expect and, and how they can deal with this situation. We can take some solace, I guess, in the fact that we, we have dealt with disruption before. It might be different, but not that novel. So to your point, if I can turn to Oceana, what have you seen and what can we learn from what you're experiencing and encountering and talking to folks in China? So in China, I have to say we have been through a real crisis. Uh, however, we did learn some things from this crisis. So I think there's a phrase from Churchill was saying, never let a good crisis go to waste. Um, so that's the kind of the same thing happening in like manufacturers and the brand business um, during this crisis. We see a lot of industries have been heavily impacted, like, for example, catering or tourism, like entertainment. We also see that people's confidence in spending in luxury has been impacted a lot. Alcohol consumption has been go down quite a lot during this crisis time because all these restaurants, bars, and entertainment places have been closed down. So there's no way to consume the alcohol. However, we also see there's some new opportunities or new business model that was booming out of this crisis. So for example, even though the department store or the shopping malls, they have to close down all their shops during the special period, but they are trying to explore, like for example, WeChat, which is the biggest social media platform in China. Um, so they open their store on WeChat and then they can communicate and they can sell to the uh, original shoppers. We also see a new business model called community commerce. So some distributors like Coca-Cola or Pepsi, because distributors have nothing to do during that period. So they are taking care of the community where they live in. So they would deliver the Coca-Cola or Pepsi or even other categories products door to door. So just to, to make some money during this hard time, but also um, just to help others to make their life more, more easy. We also see that e-commerce like OTO channel, they are also developing very fast. A new business called Unmind Store was also adopted by the Wuhan city 
um, because no one is daring to go to the store as long as the store has the people there because people try to avoid this kind of face-to-face -face interaction. So they, they have come up with this idea called unmind stores. Everything is really automatic within the store. Kind of the idea Amazon has been launching in the US and we bought this idea and launched this kind of new, new concept of store in the special city in a special time and people really buy into that. So this is really challenging time, but we still see that some opportunities exist in certain categories. Also some opportunities existed in some channels, in the, especially the retail channels. The virus is going to change the consumer's attitude and also shoppers' purchase behavior for sure. So it's also very important as a brand just to revisit the market landscape, re-understanding how consumers shifting values that is going to change their shopping behavior and how they are going to buy things differently going forward. Oceana, one of the really interesting things that you and your team saw in China and a lot of the work that you did in China was this growing interest in sort of cleaning products, uh, hygiene products, products uh, that can sanitize uh, surfaces and everything around the house. It's something that people were actually spending more money on during the period of lockdowns and shutdowns that you went through. That's not unsurprising. But it is also something that consumers there are saying they plan on spending more on uh, going forward. And that's just been confirmed in some research that was completed by the U.S. Monitor team and among U.S. consumers, also finding that when this is over, U.S. consumers anticipate spending more on all kinds of cleaning and sanitizing products as well as uh, personal hygiene products. And it, it does seem that hygiene is one of the big takeaways out of this. It does seem to be kind of an overarching element that will help redefine uh, how consumers approach the marketplace going forward. They'll want things to be sanitized. They'll want assurances of cleanliness about everything they're engaged in. It poses some risk to certain kinds of retailers, uh, you know, online channels that distribute third-party sellers, uh, products and services, uh, you know, this kind of not really sure who's providing this kind of stuff, and, and maybe you're worried about how sanitized uh, those things are. Malls, I think, uh, you know, are going to face the same kind of problem. So it does seem like hygiene is a really big deal going forward and has been a really big deal during this moment as different marketplaces are, are going through this sort of surge of outbreak and then uh, recovery. Not only just the hygiene, I would say anything related to health. For example, the nutrition category, like we see that vitamin or anything related to well-being categories are having booming sales, no matter online or in the offline pharmacies. Medication is for sure um, going to be a very big category this year. Mask will be a daily necessity for most of consumers in the short term. We also see consumers' willingness to purchase like medical or life insurances, so intention to buy insurances and to feel secure by the insurances will be a big thing for Chinese consumers. Therefore, like a lot of consumers have never think about to buy these life insurances. We see the trend, more and more consumers are taking the action on that. Yeah, I've also been wondering whether or not there's a marketplace for a broader set of offerings related to disruption insurance. You know, there is 
business disruption insurance that companies can buy. Not all companies always buy that. Big companies do. Small companies typically do not. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Seems like that will be potentially of more interest to business owners, but even to consumers themselves. Uh, you know, this kind of interruption in lifestyles uh, is something that will be on their radar more than in the past. And perhaps insurance products like this will, will find some opportunity as we come out of this. But it does seem like consumers are much more focused on readiness than they have been before. They've, they have been taken by surprise, and we've seen a lot of stockpiling behavior. Kantar's done some work to uh, try and understand where this is coming from in the marketplace. It's not typically what people think. It's not lots of people buying lots of stuff. It's, it's lots of people buying a little extra stuff. But it does clear the shelves and it makes people feel unprepared. And so readiness seems to be a mindset that consumers will carry forward with them uh, after we come out of this particular period. Protection, like responsibility, I think those kind of values will be much enhanced um, going forward, at least for this year and the next year. I just want to pick up from those previous points and the, the bit of conversation that was going on. There's an interesting component of both the, the hoarding and then there's a expectation then, I guess, that follows of uh, delayed consumption. So there is a good likelihood that this period of decline is going to be met with some significant acceleration later. But then you also have been describing a, a change potentially in relationship between the consumer and brands and the consumer and the marketplace, who they trust, who they use, how they shop, et cetera, which can be a bit of an opportunity for brands, not just to survive the immediate, to accelerate later on. Do you see that pattern of looking at this opportunity as a way to reinforce relationships and create kind of behaviors and patterns of consumption later on? Well, I certainly think that this is an opportunity for brands to invest in some relationship building and uh, some boosting of their reputation in the marketplace. There, there are a lot of companies that are simply out of business. You know, Marriott, for example, has shut down all their hotels all over the world. So they're not in business anymore. Their ability to directly engage with consumers during this period of time you know, has been uh, taken away simply because they're not operating. But it's not to say that they can't do things that can uh, build their business and build their brand. And you see lots of companies actually trying to 
step in and not only do um, some social good by making contributions or making donations or making services more available, they're actually trying to provide what I refer to as social goods, which is all of the things that you need in order to get through this crisis. So, for example, Prudential and Goldman Sachs, which are located uh, right in the heart of Wall Street, stockpiled face masks after 9-11. And they have contributed this stockpile of face masks to hospitals around the New York area. So, you know, they're actually just trying to provide the stuff that people need. Perfumeries and distilleries have converted their production to make hand sanitizer. Clothing manufacturers, uh, like Hanes Brands, for example, are converting some of their manufacturing lines to produce face masks and hospital gowns. They're actually not just doing good things, they're actually trying to provide the things that are now in short supply. And this might be business opportunities for these companies after this is all over. It is certainly a moment where these companies are doing things and experimenting with things that they never would have done before. And it's opening up new ideas and new opportunities for them to consider uh, as they look forward into the future. It is a massive real-time experiment going on with companies all around the world about different ways of engaging in the marketplace that will have some lasting impact on the ways in which they think about their opportunities in the future. Marketing campaigns, we see that within China, very echo to to the previous point. I think it's really the situation kind of reshape the consumer relationship between the brands and the consumers. For example, we see that Unilever has been immediately launching their new product, uh, which is the disinfectant. That category was never existing in Unilever's China portfolio, but they launched it in a very quick way. It shows the company's commitment to protect the consumer's health. I think, on the other hand, it also shows the capability for these manufacturers, how agile they can be in product innovation and relaunch it in just a couple of weeks' time. We also saw like in the U.S., Nike was doing a big campaign around play for millions, if I remember it correctly. I think the words in the advertisements is really, really encouraging. And I think Nike is doing a really great job in the global market. And in China, they are doing the live streaming because there's a lot of um, consumers. They can't go out, go to the gyms and to exercise. So Nike was launching a lot of live streaming and producing tons of those short videos just to show how you can do exercises properly at home and keep your health at the right level. Altogether, that also showed that the brands can really build a much stronger relationship in this um, situation by doing the right things. It reminds me of a set of projects ongoing with my group at Oxford where we're studying creativity. One of the themes that keeps coming up over and over and over again is that one main component, a driver of creativity is actually restriction. Uh, That once you give somebody some really strong boundaries to operate in, you're going to get much better output. And very broadly, what both of you have just described is companies doing just that, not with what we normally would look at creativity in terms of creative execution, advertising, but in terms of business models, opportunities, markets, relationships. So as bad and not to diminish the the situation we find ourselves in, but the current restrictions can open up 
all sorts of interesting doors for businesses, relationships, market structures, etc. I think it's actually a really good test to see how flexible and agile all those brands and the manufacturers are in these situations. Because if you are far away from consumers, far away from the market, there's no way you can act properly to address so many questions because the situation is challenging your procurement, your value chain, your supply chain, manufacturing, and also creativity in the marketing. So I think some companies are doing really, really strong work and tackle this situation quite well. So let me ask you both a question. Based on what we've been discussing so far, I'll take a spot of a manager and say, I am feeling a bit more secure because I know there's disruption, but I know I've encountered disruption before. So it's just a question of what to do. I know I have new constraints, uh, but that might inform new opportunities. So maybe I am not as desperate as I was 20 minutes ago, but I still have a lot of things that I need to look at. I have a lot of things I need to measure and manage. Oceana, you talked about advertising changes and tone changes and product changes as well. So for the two of you, what would you focus on? Where do you put your attention first? I think the real challenge that a lot of brand managers and a lot of businesses have these days is that their customers have been taken completely out of the market. So when people are sheltering at home, they're not in the marketplace. When industries like restaurants and hotels have closed down completely, these are people without jobs, uh, people without income. So there's really nothing you can do about your business in that situation. That is well beyond your capacity to uh, manage. And that becomes more of an internal challenge. And in particular, how are you managing the liquidity of your business? What are you doing to stay on top of cash flow? And that becomes the overarching priority. Everything else is secondary to that. So if you're a brand manager, there's, there's nothing you can do now. Absolutely nothing. But what you can focus on is, is how you can speed the recovery of your business when this has passed. So you need to start planning for the future in order to make sure that you can get back on track just as fast as possible. And that means anticipating what the economic situation is going to look like, what the consumer situation is going to look like, and how your business can do a good job of recovering quickly in that context. In fact, uh, some of the work that Oceana's team has found was interviewing business executives in China. And while they expect this to be a six, seven, eight-month disruption in their businesses, getting back on track is going to take additional time. So many of them are not expecting to really hit their 2020 budgets and that's going to have some broader impact on the on the Chinese economy. I think if you're an individual brand manager, you've got to look at that and say, what can I do to recover more quickly than the average company uh, as we're coming back out of this? And that, I think, is should be the central focus of, of most businesses right now. There's nothing they can do about this situation, but they can certainly think about growing their business as we're coming out of this. If I was the marketer, I would say for sure, number one is don't stop working. <laughs> we see a lot of companies because um, the colleagues are working from home, so everything seems to slow down and things get more inefficient when you are working from home. But as marketers, you actually need to work more during this special time. You have to work with your agency and to rethink about 
how you wanted to communicate with the consumers in this time, because it's actually probably will be the best time in the year to engage your consumers because consumers are nervous. They need something to comfort them. And also they have plenty of the time to consume the contents, either from social media or from TV. Based on our research result, we see that the touch point, the number of touch point, the number of the contents the consumers have have been through is incredibly high in the virus time compared with the normal time because everyone is staying at home. That's the only thing they can do to kill their time. So also make sure that you produce the um, the right amount of the contents on the right topics and to really communicate with your consumers. So just don't stop working and try to create something more with the creativity we just talked about and also with the right speed and flexibility. listening to Future Proof. For all episodes and more information, visit Kantar.com or OxfordFutureOfMarketing.com. Please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe within your podcast app so you know when new episodes are released. Thank you.